Rob. What is up, my dude? Hey, Jake. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty all right. Oh, we're going to oh, big stretch. Big oh. stretch. I'll stretch too. Oh, oh dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? I think oh. it popped. My back popped. I'm a professional oh. self-back popper. I can is pop right? my back. I can pop anybody's back, actually. How do you? No, what's your back? What's your back pop technique? Because I got I got some uh, pretty some pretty next level back pop technique on. Uh, For myself, people. I mean, a good like a uh, door a door frame is always good. Give yourself a shove against a door frame. Uh, I can also put my both of my hands behind the middle of my back and just kind of like flex my back and also pull my hands forward, and that gives it a good pop. Wow. Yeah. Or I am or just simple so... twisting. I am not so great at popping my own back, but I do the whole thing like uh, uh, people put their arms over their chest like they're either doing Wakanda forever or they're the undertaker. Uh, yeah. And I get behind them and give them like a like pick them up and give them a little squeeze and that pops the. Yeah, I do that I too. Think. I do that too. I remember uh, there was a time when uh, the wait staff at Wise Guys found out that I was good at that and they would just <laughs> come running up to me and like lean against my chest and say pop me and then my wife would look at me like it's fine <laughs> pop me senpai yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was awkward but <laughs> we got through it so you had to you had to wait till that like whole uh, generation of wait staff was kind of taken out to yeah, stop being yeah. back pop guy luckily it hasn't happened for a while so we're all good That's there. When they, <laughs> that was when they figured out you're the foot rub guy oh no 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 only only my wife my wife only mrs wallace knows about that yeah. <laughs> i was going to go like hey, you give man a foot rub <laughs> marcella's wallace's that- wife uh, I don't. I don't tickle or nothing is a great uh, a great uh, description of one's foot rub prowess. I always do like to remind myself whenever I see an Arby's commercial that that's Marsalis Wallace going. We have the meats. I get I get confused between him and um, who's the guy who does it for the for the is it for credit cards? Oh, that's uh. Uh, he was the president on 24. I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. What's his name? Dang it. I, I, I should totally be able to do that. I'm trying to. It's in there. I know it's in there, but. What was he? What was he the president on? Uh, 24. He was the president on 24. He was also in major league. I think that's he was. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Dennis Haysbert. He yeah, was, that's uh, it. Haysbert. He was, uh, he, he, yeah. One of the, one of the, like, Try not to look back too much on that casting, the whole Joe Boo stuff. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it for a long, long time. So it's, it might be in the, in the past. It might be better that way. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Just that, that character specifically is not a, not a great one, <laughs> but, uh, and also like just, just any Charlie Sheen in general is just so gross to me. <laughs> I can't think a lot. Like maybe minute, maybe minute work, maybe minute work. I could maybe look, go back and watch, and there's something about that role that feels appropriately sheen. Or it might just be that Emilio Estevez wipes that slate clean to some degree. Could be. It's the mighty but mighty ducks rub. I was I. Rem- <laughs> I don't know if I ever saw Minute Work, but I know I, I was. Know if, I don't know if that the Mighty Ducks rub is like a technique or something you do <laughs> put on your pork to give it more flavor. The Mighty Ducks rub. I don't. What was I going to say? Uh, I don't remember if I saw Minute Work, but I do remember as a kid 
I was disappointed when I found out it wasn't about the band. I mean, it work. I was really into them. I think they they might have been one of my first like because I mean their songs were so like in the zeitgeist. I think that was one of my first uh, bands where I was like, these guys are cool. I like what do, they what do I know from Men at Work other than Man Down Under? Uh, uh, Johnny Be Good or Be Good Johnny. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Overkill is probably their best song. I, I honestly Overkill. think I only know Man Down Under. But, that but one's really, good. If, all they had, if all they had given us was Man Down Under, that's a career. Like, that, there is a fat, like, it is fascinating to me. A band like that, and there's a few of them out there, like, Ch- is it Chumbawamba? Oh yeah, get not like they only gave us one song, but they gave us a just a multi generation banger. Yeah, like maybe not a great song. Uh, it was a good song at the time. I mean, trying to remember the name of that band, the Flagpole Sitta band. Uh, Harvey Danger. Harvey Harvey Danger gave us only gave us Flagpole Sitta. I've been told they were actually a fairly good band, but like Flagpole Sitta is all that bad. But like that song actually sounds kind of timeless, like. I haven't heard it it'll for a be, while, but I'm hearing it in my head right now, and it seems it'll be, fine. Yeah, it'll be like 2049, and people will still be like, "Oh yeah, the paranoia, paranoia, everybody coming to get me." Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like men at work, like land down under will never, never die, never die. That that song is eternal. I have a recommendation for you. There's there's these YouTube videos I like to watch. They're actually very. Uh, they they give me that feeling. Like when everybody kneels down for the hobbits, you know, that unity feeling that some that, <laughs> yeah. that we need nowadays. So, uh, there's, they're called choir, 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 and they just get together and they sing songs of, you know, famous people. Sometimes it's people that have just died or whatever. Uh, but a lot of times they try to get somebody to be in the song with them. Like the, they've done one where it's hallelujah. It's Rufus Wainwright singing it and it's really good. Uh, but there's one with, uh, Colin Hay from minute work. And they're singing Overkill, and it's so good. It's it's the superior version I've ever heard of that song. But I recommend look up Overkill Choir Choir Choir, and it, it it'll make you it'll give you the good feelings inside. Keep wanting to say Choir Choir Pants on Fire. <laughs> that that would be funnier. But they are they are pretty fun. I doubt they can get together and make those right now because it's sometimes thousands of people. Oh, like that. Kind of honestly, that is one of my most favorite uh, quarantine things is uh, bands doing a song while all of them are on kind of a Zoom thing. Mm, yeah, I get that. There have been three or four of those. Like uh, like um, Mr. Bungle has <laughs> done one or two of those. Mr. Like it's so hard to keep up with Mike Patton projects like Mr. Bungle, right. Red Cross, some of those things that they've done. Uh, and I guess I don't know. It's it's almost more fascinating when they do them kind of in those like these like speed metal songs where they all have to keep up with each other and none of them are together. <laughs> I know YouTube but. keeps wanting me to watch uh, tiny concerts on NPR. I haven't yeah. watched one yet. They just seem, I don't know. They seem too uh, cute. Yeah. We're going to do yeah, tiny and, and concerts on NPR. I don't know. You're t- a tiny concert, a concert for money. <laughs> well, they just they do, want, they do it at a desk. Sing. They just sit at a desk and do it. It's it, is it do you know, you know what it is? All apart? What? I think to me, it's like uh, they go do this interview and whoever's interviewing them. I don't know if it's Terry Gross or somebody like that, but it's, uh, it's like, hey, uh, why don't you play a song for us? It, to me, it's like what, when somebody talks to a comedian and they're like, hey, why don't you tell us a joke? 
it just it never feels it <laughs> right. never feels even for a minute nat- like a natural transition. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why I have uh, uh, rejected watching them thus far. But you never know. I might give it a shot and like it. Who knows? I think I got to a point with that. Uh, like um, that's why. Like I, one of the reasons I think that podcast just kind of took me over was, um, I guess Mar- Mark Marin was kind of on the forefront of these interviews that started to feel like actual interviews again, rather than a bunch of really unnatural, you know, like uh, hosts trying to act like they're just, you know, just conversationally bringing up right. questions about the project that they want to talk about, you know, but the thing and that works, just, the thing that works for Mark Marin is he's being Mark Marin. Now there's yeah. countless podcasts out there of people trying to be Mark Marin. And it just oh, yeah. doesn't we, work the same. We've we've gotten we've gotten a little past that to some degree, but that was, <laughs> I mean, you know, podcasts have become much more commodified, and especially, you know, when Mark Marin started doing WTF, it's not like Mark Marin was a household name exactly, right? So when he started doing it, you know, I mean, now, you know, now he he's gotten a lot out of that, which is great, which is great, but. Uh, you know, th- there's a reason why I, I kind of stopped listening to WTF. It just, you know, he, he's he's more of a professional at it now, which is right. which is just super great for him because he is a, it's extremely good. It's the same thing of uh, I love, I adore Hot Ones, the interview show. The Hot Ones has become a uh, has become a game show. It mm-hmm. just breaks my mind. I can't figure <laughs> out how that's supposed to work because the whole the whole point of Hot Ones is that guy it, which. He, I w- I should be better and, and know his name. Sean Evans. Part of Sean Evans. Yes. Part of the charm is he's he's kind of just a guy. Yeah, he's just a he's just but a he's, dude. He's a very adept. He's very on the. I mean, his uh, his questions are very planned, but he's very good at. There, there's a very natural. I'm just a dude. Charm to him. Right. That works so well. So when he's when he's trying to be a game show host, it doesn't. It just it breaks my mind of like what. How is this what you got? I mean, I guess to some degree, it's at least nice that he gets to be the host of the game show because you're thinking like, right? You know, what, what actor is <laughs> what actor is C just C tier enough that they can that they'll do a uh, a game show for us and, and have it kind of? I mean, it's not missing the entire point because he's at least the host. But, Thank uh, goodness Adam Scott got don't instead of hot ones. What? There's a what is that reference? Have you ever you've never seen don't? I've heard it's of a it. game like, show. I, Adam Scott. I would also it. say, okay, I know, I know of that. I, I genuinely, I generally do not pay much attention to new game shows. Cause I think we talked about this before is all game shows seem to be anymore is, um, or like 90% of TV in under COVID has been, um, celebrities who are doing nothing at home. Watch them, watch them eat Paschetti with, or with, you know, with salad tongs or, we're going to shoot you out of a cannon. You, you're definitely going to get a neck injury out of this for money. If I see one more bookcase behind a pundit, I'm going to run into the road at night. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> bookcases in particular. <laughs> bookcases, like comedians in cars, but bookcases and yeah. we're just at home. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I, so... I, I guess I don't I don't know what don't was in my mind I can make a head cannon of it but uh it's basically people doing wacky stuff it's it's enjoyable it's uh 
old uh, Deadpool is the one uh, Ryan Ryan Reynolds. Oh, you mean the guy who brought Rick Moranis back for a phone commercial? Yeah. Or did you see that today? No, I haven't seen that. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, I, I forget what it, it's something mint or something like that. Like for some unlimited plan, hmm. Rick Moranis came and was on a uh, a phone commercial, and for what it's worth, looks pretty good. Yeah, I think I've I've seen a video with him in it, just like kind of talking about his life since he looks walked like away from Rick Hollywood. Moranis. Yeah. Well, so, someone like that who Rick, Rick Moranis, I think, uh, God love him. I love, I adore Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis was one of those guys who looked like an older man when he was young. He just he has a, <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, Steve Martin's that way too. Steve Martin getting older is weird because Steve Martin, with Look, the, especially the way his hair turned white when he was so right. young, he just always looked like a forty-year-old plus guy. He almost looks the same. I mean. He, he wears glasses now, and his hair's whiter because there was some dark gray in there still, like in yeah. the, the early '80s. And now it's it's pretty much white, white. But his face looks pretty much like I used to think. Uh, um, he looked a little bit like an older Harrison Ford, but now I think he looks like a younger Harrison Ford. And you're not, you know, you know, that's, that's that's astute. Harrison Ford has Which aged kind of, rapidly. This is a this is a good transition into talking about Bill and Ted uh, face the music because yeah. both those guys look good for being older. Yeah, they're in having their what mid to late fifties. Yeah, I, having I, I watched uh, all three, you know, because I I watched face the music and then was like, well, I'm gonna grab the other two and see how they hold up. And just, you know, without getting too much into that, um, like Alex went. Alex Winter is going to be the wild card because we've known for a long time that Keanu Reeves has aged extremely gracefully. Right. Alex Winter just looks like it. he looks like an older version of of uh, Bill. Yeah, he looks completely looks, looks appropriate. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will say, Keanu like, without a beard does look older. Yes, Keanu <laughs> definitely looks better with a beard, and I'm sure. I'm sure that's, I mean, he's been wearing a beard for like, the, you know, ever since John Wick, pretty much. And right. It, it works. It works for him. Like it really works for him. Like when they went to jail and they got all bulked up, but he had a beard. You're oh like, oh, God, he looks dude. younger again. <laughs> prison, prison jacked. Well, I mean, that's almost weird because, yeah, that version of him. All right. I, I will. Probably the best thing, maybe the best thing about the Bill and Ted series in general is there is little to no attention paid to any kind of rule set. <laughs> right. Which is fine. By the time they, by the time they jump to prison, Jack, Bill and Ted, they're probably in their late sixties at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they look so much, they look younger than any of the, they, like, but by, by far the, my favorite Bill and Ted is prison, Jack, Bill and Ted. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. That part of the movie is a very short part of the movie. But, right. Oh my God. And the, like the makeup on that, like especially uh, Alex Winter, the uh, prison jack Bill, like the the bodysuits they got for them looked really good. Mm-hmm. I will say, both okay, both prison jack Bill and Ted and deathbed Bill and Ted, the makeup looks yeah they look really good. good. Yeah, deathbed Bill and Ted look like too old. It doesn't look right. like um, it doesn't look like uh, I think the the gold the gold standard for me for. Uh, old makeup not working is uh, Winona Ryder in Edward Scissorhands. The <laughs> I don't even remember uh, her being old in that movie. 
just at the very, it, it sticks out for me for the way she she says scissors because she says it scissors scissors. I don't even know if they have me. I, I don't. Know. So her take on an old voice was to talk like this. Yes. <laughs> no, you know, scissor hands. But, um, but I, I do think, and I, I guess it's it's more that uh, it's usually the eyes. Like the eyes never look old, and I, mm-hmm. and may, maybe it is. Maybe part of that is Alex Winter and uh, Keanu actually are pretty old at this point. Yeah, it's not like they're olding maybe up I'm a twenty-year-old. Yeah, maybe I, I was just gonna say maybe I'm not giving twenty-year-old uh, Winona in in ancient person makeup enough credit. <laughs> It's not like uh, like those two guys had to really hold it up that much, right? But uh, I will say uh, I really, really enjoyed I enjoyed British Bill and Ted too. Yes, British Bill and Ted <laughs> really funny. The only Bill and Ted that didn't work so much is when they did that first jump forward. They were really not bitter. that I hated it. It just not that I hated it. It just they weren't they weren't putting on a ton of uh, a character for that one. Yeah, but it kind of set up what you were in for. <laughs> yeah. It was like, okay, they're the, slightly different. What's going to happen next? I loved the the little sort of running through line that Ted Ted is standoffish with all of the other Ted's. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he reconciles with with uh, Deathbed Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun movie. It was just oh, fun God, and was... silly and it's got a nice little come together message at the end. I, I it hit me just right. I, cause we, I mean, we talked about, I wanted to like that movie, but uh, I was going in the first two Bill and Ted's having watched them again, the first two Bill and Ted's still have a fair amount of charm. They are both like, especially the first Bill and Ted movie is not a very good movie. It is a charming and fun movie, which mm-hmm. largely comes through in, uh, the two leads performances. It is an extremely loosely written <laughs> half ass Almost not great movie, but or almost not even good movie. It's it, again, it's mostly getting by on these two young guys are pretty fun to watch. It was an '80s movie. I mean, it's it's '89. It's it, it's making it in just under the wire there, but it is an '80s movie, and it's funny because um, uh, Bogus Journey is only three years later. I think it's '92. It, I, I think it was '92. It's either '91 or '92, but it feels like. They they feel like two very different movies. It's probably just a budget thing. Is that they oh, actually yeah, sure. you know, they actually got a much more decent budget. The future, because the future in in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is more like a dark future kind of. of I remember like, you know, it these... being like uh, Superman when uh, when they're on Krypton. Yeah, you're not wrong. You, that that is a that's a pretty astute uh, reference because yeah, it's like in a dark cave and floating people in dark clothes and then mm-hmm. bill and, and and then uh bogus journey they've got these goofy neon foam suits with big old <laughs> jenko boots and you know and it's all brighter and it's at a college um i will say i liked that uh i, I liked that carlin they, they they did have a nice you know yeah, little, little carlin bed a, in a little in nod he had, a, he had a little cameo Great reference Great, great references. Great references. Like if you look closely when they're at the Reaper's place, you can see Battleship on the shelf. Oh, nice. Like they don't, they don't make any reference to him. There's just a, you know, a box of Battleship on one of his shelves, <laughs> and uh, they actually do say Station. They say Station way more in uh, Bogus Journey than I remember them saying it. Huh. 
which is which was dumb. But I do like that they at least did a call out at the end of uh, Face the Music. <laughs> it was um, overall fun yeah. movie. I like the robot too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Dennis Dennis Caleb McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> He the, so the uh, actor. Are you familiar with the actor at all? Yes, Anthony Kerrigan. Because uh, I'm sure you know him from the WB stuff, right? Uh, I, he was in Gotham. He played Victor Zaz in Gotham. And yeah, then, I know him from uh, in the show Barry. He yeah. plays a really, really uh, standout character, Noho Hank. Right. He's super likable because I've seen I've seen like six or seven episodes of Barry, and he's oh, God. yeah he's definitely a character like all right I like this guy. He's a dirtbag, but I like him. <laughs> oh, he's so he is so he is the he is absolutely the standout Barry, <laughs> which is uh, you know it's a stacked cast, right? Of, uh, you know, like Stephen Root and uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, you know who Fonzie. I know who you're talking about the Fonz. The Fonz. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, Henry Winkler's yes. in that. No, I. Who are you talking? No, about? I'm just. No, I'm just thinking about the the lead who I'm spacing on. Oh, uh, Bill. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah. Yeah, everyone. He's everyone fine. Is Barry. Barry is honestly one of the best uh, TV shows to come out in the last bunch of years, and it's it's kind of low key, and uh, it's one of those shows that there's you know distance between seasons. Mm-hmm. But I uh, really don't really, like really the good. I don't I don't like the love interest. Not necessarily her as an actor, whatever the character. The character. The character's supposed to be. Ugh. But that's I mean, yeah. It, the the two seasons that they've had, there's very much a. It's very much an exploration on she, – she's super vapid. I never thought I'd say this, but a contract killer with no conscience could do better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I went, that was uh, – to, to just take a, a brief pass away from Bill and Ted, because I, w- I want to come back to it. but uh, Okay. Uh, I found out – I got ultra-depressing news this week. It was – it was mostly uh, this reminded me because I was thinking about like Barry's been gone for a while. I'm wondering like, God, when's Barry going to come back, mm-hmm. especially with COVID? But uh, it got announced uh, just a couple days ago that uh, Venture Brothers has been canceled. Oh, yeah. That I is, just saw that on Twitter. That is like that is top of the pops, like top tier favorite things that like not just favorite show, but like I, I always have gotten such a warm feeling out of the the care. And um, like that is a really there aren't a lot of shows like that because that show it's eight seasons, but it has been going on for 17 years. Wow. Or like, like seven seasons. They, they were working on ramping up to the eighth season. And it's like that show, that show would be gone for four or five years. And they'd be like, yep, we finally got around to it. And it's, <laughs> but the, if you, if you watch that whole show, you can, as the show goes on, especially the last few seasons, there is immense amounts of care that goes into world building. Uh, it's got, it has just immense heart, but, um, you know, hearing some of the stuff to come out of it, that, uh, a guy named Mike Lazo that, that ran kind of the studio that was that the part of adult swim that was going on that you could, a lot of the theories coming out is like, that was a, he, he had a real special place in his heart for venture brothers. And now that he's gone, there's, and it was something I thought of is that there's probably some guy in a suit who was looking at adult swim and going, wait, it, what are, what are we putting into this thing? It comes out. How often? Like, <laughs> why, why have you guys been letting this go on for so long? Right. You know, this is still around. God, it, 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 it breaks my heart. Cause the last few seasons has definitely been very, 
very focused on telling a very uh, just being very story driven. And uh, now that there's been kind of an outcry, you know, Adult Swim Twitter has been saying stuff about like, oh, no, we're going back and working with these these two guys, uh, the two guys, Jackson Public and Doc Hammer, that are kind of the heads of it. And they're like, oh, no, we're going to try and get this worked out. So hopefully, hopefully at the very least, we'll get a like movie to really wrap up the because the last season, (laughs) the last season ended on some very uh, story like like world building heavy kind of Mm. stuff. So, well, maybe it ends up at least on a streaming service or something, you know. I don't know. I I don't know, because honestly, uh, they they put out a book based on the production. uh, I think it might even have been this year. 2020 has been 30 years in the making, so it's hard to know what happened this year and what didn't. But uh, uh, a couple of my friends have read it, and they like really the the extremely glacial pace of of how those two guys produce it seems to kind of be an integral part of how it actually gets done. And it was something that uh, Adult Swim, honest to God, Adult Swim has been such an amazing thing. Uh, you know, from from Cartoon Network deciding, hey, we're going to have this late night thing that within the obviously within the kind of structure of how you can do cable TV, you know, you can't just do everything. But, you know, the the kind of shows that came out of Adult Swim, especially in the early days of things like Space Ghost Coast to Coast and Sea Lab and Aqua Teen, like there aren't a lot of places that would let things I mean. That sort of the the way you know animation can be done in different ways is more you know mainstream. It, like you don't have something like Midnight Gospel without Adult Swim kind of making the way for right. something really unconventional to get there. So I don't, you know, it would be nice if say Netflix picked it up. I just it's difficult to see anyone looking at the way that that show is produced and saying, yeah, we want to we want to give these guys money to spend the next three years making a you know, a season of 22 minute, you know, episodes. I would say HBO max makes sense since it was on that, a Time Warner channel. And, and for what it's worth, HBO is HBO is decent about giving shows, you know, longer times than, than a lot of places to go, but we'll see. I also do know that over the years, those two guys have talked a little bit about, you know, the production schedules taking a little bit of toll on them. Cause it, it really is, you know, if you looked at you, you might have seen some of the uh, the tweets coming out of that of the announcement. Uh, I think it was Jackson Public who who first tweeted about, it, and he said a lot of things about like this. You know, this is devastating news. This is kind of my baby or our baby. You know, mm-hmm. we're gonna keep trying, but as usual, we love you guys. You guys, have, you know, it's but it's yeah, it's a weird thing, and I, I really hope they get to finish it. There's lots of there's tons of just amazing voice talent involved with it who. I'd be curious to know what their, you know, what their take on it is because they got to be doing it for peanuts. It's all, it's, it's just got to be passion project all around. It originally did it. I've never seen a second of it. So, uh, did it kind of start out as a spoof of Johnny quest a little bit? Is that what? Oh, very much. Like okay. the first, the first season, specifically the first couple of episodes, the first episode or two are like the animation style is, um, the animation style is evolved a ton, but the first episode in particular is, you know, it's a pilot and it is 100% a, like a spoof of, uh, Johnny quest. And over, overall it is just, it's, 
it's super based on Johnny Quest, uh-huh. but it, get, it gets a lot more, a lot more intricate. But you know, you got like Patrick Warburton is one of the best characters, and he he plays the the race band in Analog. Which, by the way, the Johnny Quest characters uh, do make appearances. Oh, really? Seasons and become wow. characters in their own right in it. But uh, Patrick Warburton uh, uh, plays the the race band in Analog, and he's just so great. Uh, you know, James Urbaniak is Dr. Venture. Like I, I know who James Urbaniak is because of that. And like he, uh, you watched some of review, right? No. Oh, I thought it was you that told me about review. He's in. Yeah. I mean, you know what? That stuff doesn't matter. The whole point being is like, I'm really bummed out. Uh, I'm really bummed out that, uh, that that's canceled. I'm somewhat, I'm somewhat encouraged that it seems like they're going to try and bring it back. But, uh, you know, everything comes back nowadays. Nothing stays dead. Going back to what we were talking about, Bill and Ted, like it, like it, they made a, they made a sequel 30 years later and it's so good. Think about this, Jake, in 15 years, there'll be a dude, where's my car reboot. So that we have that to look forward to. I wonder about those things like, uh, Bill and Ted face the music is just such a, and I guess that's what I'm talking about. It, it's, it is a passion project. All the people involved, I think, I think all the people involved in say bogus journey had such a positive experience that they like, no one seems like this was a job for them. Everybody seems like, Oh, it feels so good to be doing this again. Right. I thought, so, Oh, are you finished your thought? Going, brother. I thought we were, I didn't know if we we're going to jump back into Bill and Ted or not. No, let's get, let, Hey, hop aboard the Bill and Ted train. I thought. The, I mean, all we're all we're just going to keep saying is how good it is. But right. uh, I thought the the thing with the princesses was was cool. How they, you know, they're married to him or whatever. But the daughters, a, the daughters were really funny. the The yeah. girl that was Keanu's daughter, holy cow, she did a spot on impression the whole movie. It was just perfect, uh, and just the two of them together uh, were hilarious. Bridget Bridget Lundy Payne. Uh, maybe I don't know. Or, or, yeah, because it was the swap on the daughters. Like uh, Bill's daughter was Thea, and uh, Ted's daughter was Billy. Right. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> strike that. I just remember that, that I they were they were fun. So that was a that was an interesting take because you you get to the end of Bogus Journey and they introduce them when they come back to stage and like <laughs> like Bill is ZZ Top. They introduce them as little Bill and little Ted. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and that was a great that was a great thing is they're just like uh, they always called them Little Bill and Little Ted even though they were girls. They, right. They don't you know gender them on stage or anything. So you know their journey through time convincing uh, convincing all the musicians. Like honestly, <clears throat> when you watch the original movie, the way that they convince or just straight up kidnap everyone makes no sense mm-hmm. especially the farther along the farther along you go because uh and it, the the couple of vignettes between uh i think it's billy the kid and socrates there are so crates. there's much so crates, yeah there is much more of them trying to convince them to go with them and right. by the end by the end i think it's uh freud they just lasso him and pull him into the into the phone booth the daughters basically just had to pull out their iphone and go hey look at this <laughs> i mean it may it, it at least made some sense right like well 
the first person they go to being Jimi Hendrix, that makes sense. The idea that we need to pick one of his influences to convince him, but then at that point, like, uh, he convinces, was it Mozart or Beethoven? I think it was Mozart. Mozart because Beethoven was in the original movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, this was Mozart. Well, at some point, all those classical, all the classical guys are all just <laughs> one guy in my mind. They're all just one they're wig. All, they're all one wig. Yes, yes. <laughs> they are They are all just one wig. They all had the same one hairdo. <laughs> they're, they're all just some old guy who looks grumpy and he's really good at piano. Think about um, it this the way, though. When, when they were actually, like, around, they were whatever Justin Bieber is now. Like people, they would walk down the street and people would just faint. Probably, <laughs> just think about they, think I, about I that. Know. Women throwing themselves at them, <laughs> and now to us, they're just some stiff Women with a white throwing, wig throwing bustles at them. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. throw an entire girdle on stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, the William buttress. Sadler, William Sadler coming back was so like, dude. Everybody coming out. They. Bill and Ted three, like it, like movies that try so hard to wrap up a trilogy are not nearly as good as this movie that is based on two just goofball (laughs) movies. Right. William Sadler coming back, um, Bill's or Ted's dad coming back. The whole goof that Ted's little brother married. Oh, that was, that was funny. (laughs) Everybody came back. Like they keep, they keep that running gag going of, uh, is it like, it's like Missy or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody came back. Yeah. It's Missy. Uh, Amy Stokes comes back, has married his brother, who is the brother from the original. <laughs> it's just so hilarious. And just to the gags of, you know, the, the robot, uh, Dennis, Dennis Caleb McCoy, you have to say the whole name, Dennis Caleb McCoy finding out that robots go to hell but also i don't and i don't think that they didn't focus on this police vans go to hell if you kill a police van it goes to hell (laughs) i wonder if it's just everything he disintegrated went there um weird al tweeted something about that he was in the movie briefly i was really wondering if he was one of the two demons that they talked to uh no it wasn't I i didn't notice him in there but i looked to see if those two were like Somebody I'd heard of. I think they're kind of like improv-y type guys. Really? I, don't, I don't know much about them. Yeah, I don't think it was it was Weird Al, though. I'm going to have to see if he's on here anywhere. Dave Grohl being in it was funny. Yeah, that was funny. Like, it, may, it makes sense. It makes sense that um, Dave Grohl would be the person that they stole the song from. Because, <laughs> like, for, for what it's worth, like him or hate him, the Foo Fighters kind of make the best anthems of this generation yeah everlong's a great song say oh yeah not everything they do is like awesome some of it is just kind of like yeah okay that's a that'll be playing on uh the light the light station soon but yeah everlong great song yeah uh chris matheson and ed solomon were the demons don't necessarily yeah i've never uh, they they were funny though. This, Good job, guys. He was in Bill and Ted's Bogus. Oh, he they're, they're writers. Oh, okay. Uh, at least uh, Chris Solomon. Is that what it, Ed Solomon? Chris Solomon. What's the name on it? Go back up. Go back up. Go back up. Yeah, Chris. Chris excuse me, Chris. Chris Matheson was a writer. I'm betting that Ed Solomon's the same as he was a writer on him. I like Chris yeah. Solomon better. 
We should stay with that. Christopher Solomon. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm going to see if I can find uh, Al Yankovic on here. but Yeah, I didn't even notice him in the movie, so he could have been in I just saw a tweet of his that he said that he's in it briefly, but you wouldn't really notice him. That's why I thought he was one of the demons. Mm. All right. Well, that's cool. God, so, I loved it, though. Just so so fun, so positive. Right. I, I think you I left feeling good. Is, okay. Yeah, it just says Weird Al Yankovic, guy playing accordion, uncredited. Uh, so, I'll bet he's in the crowd at the end. Yeah, probably. That makes sense. But um, the only the only complaint I had is just for how positive it was, how much of a sort of, um, you know, things like I said, like the making making them daughters instead of sons. There seemed to be just an overall message of of trying to everyone be better kind of message. The only thing I really wanted to see, especially watching those first two movies, is the whole bit when they would hug each other and then look each other and call each other that hard F. I oh, right. really wanted I really wanted to brief because honestly, the hardest part is the second movie they they lean into that really hard. Like there is a song at the end that them calling them that hard F like they, they was it zoot like, suit never mind <laughs> no but like at the, over the credits they're playing a song that's just a bunch of sound bites <laughs> I'm gonna hear that for the rest of my life now I shouldn't have said it out loud <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it but they, that sound bite of them you know like where you go we love you and then they call them the, that hard F right that that sound bite is in that song so I'm like it just would have been nice. I just really would have loved to see one scene where they hug each other and then just stop and look at each other and just like, Bill, we were wrong. We did that. Like, yeah, Ted, I truly do love you. Cause even that's a, that's a huge theme in the movie of them being able to, to love the wives separately, which is a great thing. It, it they make the, they make the princesses so much more of a character and give them so much more stakes. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, um, they don't ever really make a strong case for the old versions of them going back and getting them. Yeah, I did. I don't even remember that part. Well, I mean, because you know the the old ones eventually, because that's supposed to be when they, they sneak off through time. Yeah, and they don't. They never talk to the old versions of them. And the old versions of them never really. You know, they they make the. They mention, hey, the old versions of us went back and got us, and that's why we got divorced because they could never find a. A timeline where we were happy but then it ends up like no we never found it at a timeline that we're happy because this is the one we're happy in uh, yeah. so it led me to believe like the old ones didn't sneak off to because they hated bill and ted they sneaked off to you know show the young i don't know again one of the best things about the show though no rules no rules right yeah don't think so too hard about it, it. Yeah, you, you're meant to nothing. The robot goes to hell. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the robot has a full name. It doesn't matter. The the robot goes from this uh, thing we're supposed to be scared of to like pitiful and then just like annoying. Like all right, all right, like not annoying for us watching it, annoying for the other characters. I mean, he's meant to be the reaper for this movie. Yeah, yeah, more or less. So, so hey, I mean, just the the overall is Bill and Ted face the music. Amazing movie. Finding out Chadwick Boseman died during the credits really <laughs> undercut that. Really undercut that by a huge margin. Okay, so... And I think you had a similar experience, right? No, well, uh, here's what happened. Um, 
So it was Friday night uh, when I was headlining at Wise Guys, and I finish up my set, and my buddy Spencer King, he was emceeing. So he comes up onto the stage, you know, we do like the fist bump thing, and he leans in and goes, dude, Chadwick Boseman died while, while you were up here. <laughs> so the yeah, crowd is cheering, going, yeah, woo, great job. And he goes, Chadman Bo- Chadwick Boseman died, dude. <laughs> Chadman, Chadman Boswick died. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, it was so banana crazy because... Like, like I was, I really was on a cloud that that movie just put me in such a good mood. Mm-hmm. And it was literally the credits were happening. I was just like, Oh man, I'm so stoked. I want to, I want to tell a couple of two or three people who are my good friends, like how much I love this movie that I want. Like, again, I wanted to love the movie, watch the movie probably like in, in my mind, like I, you know, I do that sometimes of, I will watch something and I'm definitely going to give it a lot of uh, rope to hang itself just cause I want to love it. Mm-hmm. And then I watch it and I'm like, no, this, this needed no rope. It came out swinging. It was the thing I wanted. It was the thing I wanted to, it to be, but it was also actually well done. Uh, and yeah. Then, yeah. They did a, They did a much better job than I was expecting, to be honest. By the way, Chadwick Boseman died. He's been, he's been in a, just like the whole, the whole arc of, of late stage Chadwick Boseman is, at the same time, incredibly inspiring and just the saddest thing in the goddamn right. universe. I forgot that he played uh, James Brown. I remember Jackie Robinson. I forgot he played James Brown. I need to see what that one. He, what was he in? Was he just in a movie? Uh, no, he, it, yeah, it was about James Brown. What movie was that? I can't remember what it's called. I haven't seen it. I just, huh. I think it's the title of a James Brown song, maybe uh, Hardest or. What is it? Hardest the man. hardest working hardest man working in show man business, in... or something? I don't know. Isn't I don't know it, what it's seems called. Seems like a, a somewhat unwieldy title, but who? <laughs> it's better than we <laughs> made it. The mad, 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 world. <laughs> so why not? But yeah, he was man, great actor. Uh, he was our age. That's kind of it's kind of scary. Uh, but yes, yeah, I, it was terrible. I that's the that's the part of it. I feel a little selfish about is like yeah. Uh, that part of it, he was our age, is challenging. Mm-hmm. I don't and he, like thinking too much about that. And he was in such great shape. I do remember about a week, maybe two weeks before he passed, I remember seeing a post, I can't remember, on the internet. And it was like somebody said something like, Chas- or it was of Chadwick Boseman. And they said something like, "So is he like playing a part where he has to get skinny? Because he looks really skinny. Not thinking yeah, it, was, I was like, oh well. You know, I mean, he's a in shape guy. He probably just bulks up to play back Black Panther. So, but yeah, and then you find out what what the real reason was. It's super yeah, that sad. Was a, that was a good and bad part of it because a lot of what people, a lot of what people took out of it was, hey, remember that time you said something mean about Chadwick Boseman? Well, here's what was really going on, which is. I don't know. Did I don't know? I never heard anybody say anything mean about him. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a lot of people, uh, a lot of people uh, posting. It was like a Zoom call, and he looked really skinny. And uh, someone had made a post about like uh, he looked more like Crack Panther. And oh, okay. I don't, I don't. And that's what I'm saying. I think that's what I'm saying. It's almost, it's almost in the in the realm of the whole uh, child trafficking thing that became popular all of a sudden. Weird of. The, 
you know, the the thing you're getting out of Chadwick Boseman passing was people were mean to him for a while. Feels like more it wasn't as big a problem as you're making out of it. Oh, I'm sure. But he also, did. yeah, you should be you should be nice and understanding of people. But I yeah, but I kind of um, get I kind of get making fun of a celebrity, yeah. especially if you don't know that there's something serious going yeah. on. For all yeah. I mean, for all we knew, Chad, Chadwick Boseman was you know drinking uh, protein shakes and getting ready to play Black Panther again. So yeah, the, up and up until up until the news, everybody the just assumed he was is, fine. Is finding out what he was like, what he was going through, and mm-hmm. keeping it personal right. while he was making all these movies and visiting kids in hospitals and. Right, that's <clears> the really cool stuff when you read those stories. Uh, you know, seeing people talk about that, like you, it's it's really tragic because you could tell, like Chadwick Boseman was very likely going to be. Hollywood royalty like he was going to be one of those like one of those actors that you get older and older and never stop ter- talking about because he was just always amazing right. he was always a legend right and you know what uh, in a in a sad kind of poetic way he's probably going to be even more of a legend now dying the way he did than if he had oh sure aged to be 90 years old you know it's just a, sometimes it's people just get forgotten it's unfortunate. I just don't think he got to really go on long enough to. I don't know that he ever really had a movie that out and out, out and out really uh, used, you know, completely utilized his talent. Well, I understand what you're saying because he kind of. There was a lot of uh, biopic type things he did because he was good at that kind of stuff. And there was, you know, Black Panther. I think Black Panther is probably going to be his, his big go to. You know, because he was the star of that. He owned that character from the moment but he the first time, appeared. I just don't, I just don't think that, uh, you know, I, I like that movie. I like mm-hmm. that movie. I don't think it's something, I don't think it's the movie that, you know, completely, completely held all the gravitas that, that he could offer. I will say, I think it's different for other people than it is for us. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. In the black sure. community, I think for some of those kids, that's their star Wars. Like star Wars always stuck with us. It's always going to be with us for some kids. That's their star Wars. So oh, absolutely. That's going to be absolutely. the movie that it's they just, always look to. It's just like, it, it, it's just like saying like Al, if Al Pacino had died before he say made the Godfather mm-hmm. or something like right. that. Like no, he, was I, still in, he was still in good stuff and we would have always known he was an amazing actor. Right. But there's just so he, much he could have done is what you're saying. I know. Yeah, yeah. So much left undone. It's real too bad. Just <clears throat> great in movies, but also seem like just an incredibly great guy. Yeah, everybody just has amazing, glowing things to say about him. And in this day and age, that's getting pretty rare. So that's cool. So it was a it was a very high and low of those two things. <laughs> yeah, and then and then we went and saw me and Spencer went and saw Bill and Ted after that. So <laughs> we I closed oh, out so that you, night. So yeah, we I had the juxtaposition. You finished Bill and Ted, and then you got the bad news. I got the bad news, and then I watched the movie. So, either you got to enjoy the movie without being bummed, or uh, the movie was fun enough for me that it, you know, got, you know, got me past being bummed. I don't know. It cheered me well, up, is what I'm trying you, to say. Lucky you, sort of. I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. All right. We're, All we're right. fifty minutes in. All we've talked about is Bill and Ted. Yeah. Hey man, I 
I always knew this was going to be the Bill and Ted episode. So I also I'm not too mad at it. There's yeah. there's a couple notable things that I saw. Uh, I went and saw Tenet. I went and saw it by myself. I had just finished a training that I was done with. I had a little time, so I went and saw Tenet. It's really really good. It's yeah. The first part of it, it's basically there's some sci-fi elements to it, but it's essentially a spy movie. The first probably hour hour and 20 minutes actually a really good spy movie though and then once it hits that point to the cats out of the bag on what we're watching the rest of the movie is just like hold on to your butt and try and keep track of who's where and where they're going and what direction they're moving in because it's hard to keep up with it's a, it's really enjoyable and really fun but if you're looking down at your popcorn looking for the perfect piece you're going to miss something pretty key there's a but there is a lot going on it's really cool how they i don't even want to give it the special effects are pretty amazing you see like cars driving backwards in the trailer stuff like that the way they actually explain how that works and the way you see the movement going forward and backwards simultaneously it's it's pretty neat what they did so it's a really fun movie how often does it uh quite a bit yeah there's quite a bit of that i mean i didn't count but if it was a drinking game i probably wouldn't remember the end of the movie there's enough of it Uh, so it it is fascinating it's fascinating that the canonical the canonical way just like uh i've said before the canonical uh signifier for um for telekinesis is a slight bloody nose the canonical (laughs) indication of of time f wordery is <laughs> it was super loud. I don't know if it's supposed to be that loud or if it's the, the theater was just movie. turned up. It's supposed to be that loud. <laughs> it was so loud. Like the beginning, you hear gunshots and it's just so loud. You find you kind of get used to it. And maybe it's because, I mean, I, I've seen a few th- movies in the theater, so it's not like I'm just not used to hearing movie theater sound, but... Yeah, it's really, really good. I think you'll like it, Jake. Uh, it yeah. There's some humor in there. I would say uh, Robert Pattinson is really good in it. Like, there was a point where I was thinking he could play the next, the next James Bond, and then I remembered, oh, no, he's the next Batman. He doesn't have time. So I'm not worried about him at bat- as Batman. I wasn't before, but even after seeing this, he's going to be a really good Batman. Um, the rest of the cast is is really good, too. Not super well known, uh, the lead, uh, or there's a there's a a, a woman and she kind of plays the villain in a lot of things. I think she was the tall blonde woman in the Man from Uncle. She was the villain. Anyway, the actors don't worry about them. None of none of them are super famous, but it's a really good movie. It's a lot of fun. Are you talking about? Uh, is it Elizabeth Debicki? Yes. Yeah, that's the name, and I can't remember the lead actor's name either. Uh, let's see. I'm looking down the list. I practiced it. That's it. That's him. That's him. Uh, this, this little known Kenneth Branagh. Oh yeah. Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh is really good in it. Dr. Frankenstein. But, uh, what's the, what's the lead again? Something Washington. Uh, John David Washington. John David Washington. He's going to be in a lot of good stuff. He's really, really good in it. Tell me if I'm pronouncing it right. Michael Kainye. Uh, Am I saying that right? Maybe I don't know. Michael Caine, 
Michael Caine. Oh, is that is that how you say it? Yeah, Michael Caine. Yeah, he's real. <laughs> he's only in it for a minute, but he does. Oh, really? He does he's good work. Yeah, very high. He's in one scene basically. He's sitting at a table eating lunch, but there's he he's really good. Fiona, there's a woman named Fiona Dorif on in this. If it's Brad, if it is the child of Brad Dorif, I'm going to laugh my ass. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but it's really enjoyable. And then last night, uh, I watched Mulan. How is Mulan? Well, yeah, as she's, I, the, she's the daughter of Brad Dorif. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I usually hate when actors' kids get to do things, but knowing that Brad Dorif's kid is out there making it makes me so happy. <laughs> oh man! So I'm sorry. How's, nope. I'm sorry. How's Mulan? So my son bought it. I didn't buy it. Uh, my wife watched it with him. She said she liked it. She wanted to watch it again last night, and I, I pretty much named the movie Crouching Tiger, Hidden Boobies. Because there's there's a huge emphasis on uh, making sure Mulan flattens things down, whatever. I think maybe even one reference of that, we'd have got it. We didn't need like eight scenes like that. But it's there were parts of it that felt um, almost TV movie-ish. Uh, there's some parts that are really good. You can tell that's what got the full budget compared to you know what they probably just threw together once they were decided they weren't really going to make any money off of it. Uh, the fact that Jet Li pay- plays the emperor, I didn't even realize it was him. I had to look up the cast to see who the emperor was. And then I remembered, Oh yeah, it's Jet Li. There's so much makeup on him. He doesn't really do anything. Uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of going to say, do they, I, I, I was initially going to say, do they utilize Jet Li? And not like, at all. Hey, Jet, nope. Li's, Jet Li's up there. Like maybe Jet Li shouldn't, I love you, Jet Li. Maybe Jet Li shouldn't be like trying to do a bunch of crazy Jet Li well, stuff. Well, he wasn't. He was just playing the Emperor, but they put a bunch of makeup on him to make him look older. But I think if you'd have just had Jet Li as the Emperor and we looked and saw Jet Li, we'd be like, yeah, he is kind of the Emperor. Jet Li's pretty awesome. So I didn't understand why they would put a bunch of old man makeup on him. Didn't need that. Um, yeah, I saw an article just yesterday that was something to the effect of uh, the director explaining why we're using wire work in this, but we don't want her to look like a superhero, which seems antithetical. No, it looked like it looked like honestly, it looked like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. There was the movement. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. They do crazy stuff in that movie. Well, uh, they didn't get as crazy in that, but just kind of the way you know how they glide, but their feet are yeah. running or something. It's it's things like that. You can tell she, there's this gliding motion, but she's doing, she's uh, channeling the chi, as they call it. That's kind of like the force, I guess. So it gives them, some people have the chi and they can, like Mulan has the chi. That's uh, the thing in the movie? Yeah. Yeah, she's why got is, some special powers. Why is this director powers. talking about... Why is the director talking about how they tried not to make her look like a superhero when it sounds like they have a... You know, they have sort of a superheroish concept in that. Think, uh, think a Padawan. She moved like a Padawan. Let's put it that way. Not like a full-on Jedi, but there was definitely uh, more, you know, more uh, ability than than the regular person in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also Weird. had they had Jason Scott Lee. He's the bad guy. Uh, do you, he was in the Jungle Book. Do you remember that? I think he actually. Yeah. I think he played uh, Bruce Lee in a movie as well. 
Was it in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, no. It was like <laughs> it was like the the dragon or something like that. I can't remember what it was called. Lauren Holly was in it. She played Bruce Lee's wife. I know I remember that. Anyway, he was in it. Uh Donnie Yen was in it. So there was some talented people in oh, it. Donnie Yen. The movie overall, it's it's fine. Uh if it was in theaters, it probably would have been panned pretty much. I don't know. It's just there's not much there. I honestly prefer the cartoon. I know I completely uh, took all of the songs in Mulan for granted until they weren't in the movie, and I'm like, this is where they they do the the wash your hair something about a big tattoo or something. I was like, we need this in the movie. The bring honor to your family song, all that stuff. Uh, the the Donny Osmond song. As we go along, the live action remakes keep feeling a little more forced and a little less necessary yeah this one really they should have just left it alone as a cartoon because the movie's fine it really is but honestly a kid is going to enjoy the cartoon way more because it's got mushu in it it's got the cricket in this one it's just kind of a goofy guy named cricket uh mushu is spoiler mushu is a phoenix it never actually talks it just flies past mulan at critical points and gives yeah. her inspiration so there's yeah. really no there's not a lot of comic relief or anything like that it's fine though like the more they go it that that, and that's that is the live action disney of like i guess it's fine Mm -hmm. i don't know why you did this but i guess it's fine so it's fine you're you're sucking a lot of the personality out of this but i guess it's fine right it it really needed the music it needed i don't know why they couldn't just put a moosh was that Other character the, offensive uh, to Chinese people? It's, I don't know. Like, did they not like that it was there? I don't. Why? Why not put that in the movie? Of course, they screwed up Iago in Aladdin. Iago had no personality either. So, it seems like the only one of those remakes that I've had any much, if any, affinity for is the Jungle Book one's pretty good. Yeah, that one's really good. Uh, I haven't seen a few of them, but uh, ooh, I watched Beauty and the Beast one was fine, but it it, it just the personality wasn't the same. Hmm. Um, Aladdin's fine, but the personality isn't the same. I, I thought Will Smith deserved more credit for what he did, considering all the crap that he took when they released that picture, <clears throat> and everybody went nuts. Yeah, it's that same thing. The personality just doesn't come across when it's closer to live action. Yeah, something should be animated. Mulan's yeah. one of those things. <laughs> make make Disney animated again, right? Uh, I mean, we'll we'll see. I think, uh, um, I think that the Little Mermaid one has a lot of potential. All I know um, is they better put the songs because they put all the songs in Beauty and the Beast. Why couldn't there be some yeah. songs in Mulan? I never thought Ooh. I would be like upset that there weren't songs in something, but this needed songs. It would have been you know, a way better movie. <laughs> They and you can tell me better than anything if this comes across. Mulan was supposed to be Mulan gave me the impression they were shooting to be a more realistic, more oddly adult movie. Yes, and it was, but I don't think kids want to watch that. It's about war. It's about like these the these super warriors coming in and taking down all these different parts of your army and defeating them. I mean, it's about people dying. It's not exactly a kid's story, you know? No, and that's that's maybe a little part of the failing is that they just 
sometimes you and sometimes you got to pick a lane and disney wanted to have it both ways maybe they they wanted to make a more adult movie that yeah that maybe maybe doesn't go the, all the way toward being an adult movie and they wanted kids to like it but it's in no way really interesting enough for or, or interesting enough in a way that kids would be into it right i think the one movie they should remake is the black cauldron because I think I you're going to say the black hole, and I was all with you. On oh that. <laughs> yeah, I, I still need to watch that. <laughs> but yeah, the Black oh, Cauldron. I mean, there's it's like a whole series of books. That's just one book. Oh, uh, but they could do quite a lot with it. They really, there's just so much going on in there. Isn't it the Witch King is the bad guy? Is that who it is? The Witch King. I don't King? know if I've ever seen. I don't know if I've ever Something seen like the Black that. Cauldron. It was. I remember being yeah, a little scared by it when I was a little kid. <laughs> Skelly. Oh, yeah. another big stretch coming be. Ooh. Oh, <sighs> better than a Charlie yeah. horse, I always say. <laughs> Charlie horse needs them stretchy, baby. Uh, I was going to tell you when we were talking about the the Jungle Book, I I finally watched Mowgli. It's on. It's the Netflix one, the one that Andy Circus did. Did he? He directed it. Oh, huh. He's also a voice in it. I think he's Baloo. Maybe I can't remember. Anyway, it's uh it's different than the Disney one. The animation's kind of a little weird because they try to make the animals look a little more human in the face, so there's more expression in their faces. But it does have it's different elements than the Disney one, but it's 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 fun. You know, I had fun watching it. It's a nice little movie. Oh, Nothing good. amazing. It's something to put on. Probably something I wouldn't necessarily go into, but you know that that's another one of the 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 things that gets into my choices. Like, there's plenty of stuff I'm sure is just fine. I just never get around to it because uh, you know my my time is at a premium. So, you right. Know, I I've watched in the last bunch of years. I've watched something Mowgli related, so I don't necessarily need to see another one. Yeah, it was one of those things where Hollywood does does weird stuff where they have two movies almost exactly the same coming out. It was like the two volcano movies, uh, the two asteroid Armageddon deep impact. Yeah. And what was the, what were the volcano ones? There was Dante's peak and volcano. I think, I think that's what it was. Yeah. But they, they have this weird habit of doing that kind of stuff. And for some reason at the same time, Disney was doing their remake. All of a sudden there's a, there was an Andy circus version and it's fine. It's, it's good. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is Shere Khan. I would say Idris Elba is a way better Shere Khan than Sounds Benedict. Like both Con- decent casting, yeah. But yeah, so, you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna beat Idris Elba. Heimdall greater than Doctor Strange. That's all I'm saying. And maybe you can maybe you can tell me tell this about is when they have those when they have those sort of like two movies are almost the same thing at the same time. It always feels like there's one that's the fun one, and then there's the <laughs> one that's like, no, this is what it should be like. Yeah, that was the Andy Circus one. It's more, it was a little more edgy. Like, there's no, uh, there's no King Louie in it. Let's let's put it that way. There's just there's just monkeys. The Christopher Walken King Louie thing in uh, in Disney's so, book. That was the worst part. It's so weird. Yeah, I did it's not so enjoy weird. that at all. Anyway, so um, the one thing if if we can get to, uh, I spent the last couple of weeks at work listening to Dune. Dune. And the was there any? I can't remember. I, I saw the trailer too. Was there any? Boom? 
I haven't. We, I was just going to watch the trailer right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. You didn't. Now I remember. Have you Have you consumed any of Dune? Uh, the book or the movie or anything. I've like never that? read the book. I've watched half of the movie as an adult, and then I just never book, finished it. The book is fairly creative. Like it's it's definitely it's got sort of a almost Lucas esque of this person. Frank Herbert definitely had a vision for a universe. Uh, the execution on it, like one of the, it's very uh, slang heavy. One of the things that I kept making fun of, another friend of mine is way into Dune. And apparently the books beyond the first one are just bananas, crazy <laughs> silliness. Huh. But uh, it's very, it's extremely self-serious and it's very jargon heavy of, uh, I kept making fun of, so uh, the the main character, Paul Atreides, and his mom, Jessica, uh, feature heavily throughout. And his mom is some like almost like a Jedi of her own sort, hmm. of some sort of uh, mind witch kind of thing. The 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 teaching she's part of this uh, this sort of group of of like mind witches. That the the teachings are the Bene Gesserit teachings, and she is constantly referencing it. Everything she does, she makes sure, like, everything she does, it's always in the Bene Gesserit way. Like, she she was talking to him, but in the Bene Gesserit way. And it's just such a, it's such a funny thing over the course of the book of, like, look, Frank, you established that basically she does everything in her life you, based on these teachings. You don't have to call it out every time. It sounds <laughs> silly when you call it out every single damn time. It's like a couple that calls themselves mother and father. You don't need to hear it. It just makes yeah, it weird. Sort of. <laughs> So I'm going to, and, and, uh, from here, probably this weekend, I'm going to try and watch the David Lynch Dune. Uh, I've heard things to the effect that David, David Lynch took a script and just said, fine, we'll do this. He never really read it or. Yeah. I think I told you that last time. Yeah. He never even looked at it. I've, I've heard that before. Like I've, it's the things I hear is like, if you're way into the books, it's not like the books, but you're just so happy to see this thing being made. Cause it's, it is like it, it is kind of a weird thing when you read it to think like, Oh, they, they made a movie. Out, they made a very kind of self-serious movie out of this self-serious, but kind of pulpy sci-fi, right. you know, universe thing. So I can see that and I'll, I'll watch it and I'll see what I think. So I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to queue it up now, Trav, and we'll see, we'll see what I think of it. Uh, the Warner's brother, lo- Warner brothers logo is uh very very dune dune yes just imagine you're in the 80s and you're a fan of those books and the movie comes out and it's terrible <laughs> okay something something right off the bat that i'm looking at one of the things i was wondering i'm just gonna, I'm gonna pause it one of the things i was wondering is how they were going to handle the blue eyes mm-hmm. because the book is very heavy on trying to i mean the 80s the 80s did not have the right technology to really take care of that and it, lo- it looks like they're doing it so um, let's see yeah little shots no bomb yet but definite base hits boom, 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 boom. no walls yet Delos Villanueva not necessarily a blah guy <laughs> uh, cool set pieces like this is something early from early in the book his whole test thing it's a good idea to put in the trailer to establish really 
really early, hey, this is, we're totally doing this and making it look right. I do remember the test from the movie. I remember that. It reminded me of yeah. Flash Gordon. Remember right, Flash Gordon? Cool. Uh, they're doing the Gurney Halleck stuff. They're doing the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. Uh, Oscar Isaac as, uh, as the Duke Leto, super good casting. Yeah, like, dude, this is this is really spot on. Like, um, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Do you think the you casting get, in this is super yeah. on point? You get Jason Momoa and Dave Bautista in the same movie. I will tell you, Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho is perfect casting. Duncan Idaho, Duncan Idaho. What I got out of the book is he's just. He is a super good warrior. He's horny and dumb as hell. <laughs> so I am I am all aboard on that casting. Yeah, dude, like you know, I, I'm I'm a little over halfway through this trailer and like, dude, I'm I'm super stoked. I am just dumbass stoked for this. It should be good. Uh, it's got it's got all the the boxes checked. The Stellan Scars got oh effing sandworms. Oh yeah, that one looks a, cool. The, it's huge. Maybe the casting, maybe the casting that I was most uh, that I was most worried about is the casting of the sandworms. And I like when it stops and pauses, and it's just kind of looking around. Yeah, I will say, oh, that's that's got to be some spice. <laughs> it's a spice. Wait a minute. Oh no, no, that that tracks. Okay, okay. Okay, the sand's turned into a toilet. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Give me that. Give me that worm. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's plenty Andre of worms. the worm. giant is the worm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude, that's freaking rad. Yeah, it looks good. Stellan Skarsgård is uh, the, uh, what's his name, Baron Harkin. You didn't get to see a bunch of that, but I think Stellan Skarsgård is going to be really good as as that character. Yeah, uh, if, dude, if they do it right, it's going to be good. Yeah, like just based on the book that I listened to, like it, it seems like they're doing. Yeah, they're doing a great it, great job. Yeah, I'm all in. Book on all tape. In. Javier Javier Bardem as Stilgar, super I, cool. I don't even remember seeing him in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, you, you do see him. Huh. I'll have great, to look great, again. Great. Uh, some of the characters, like it, it's weird. There, are, it feels like there are two kind of two halves of this. Uh, oh, before I do remember seeing Paul a guy, gets, and I was like, "Who is that?" And that must have been Harvey. Have, did he have like a mustache or something? The the beard guy, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that was okay. Sorry, that's pretty good casting. Um, there, uh, there's almost two halves to this book. It's like the part where before they get into the desert, and the part after they get into the desert. Mm-hmm. And there's a specific character, um, uh, what is it, uh, Peter DeVries, who, this is the Brad Dourif connection. Brad Dourif played it, and that's a perfect casting. David uh, Deschalamain? I, I don't, yeah, I can't pronounce that last name. I, I don't know his work real good. He looks creepy enough to be that, that character. Dude, I'm, yeah, I'm stoked. Like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm stoked to watch old-ass 80s um, dune and see how it is kind of goofy and flounders i'll have to see if i can find my copy it's on dvd 
It's on. It's on something. I think it might be on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, it's on a. It's on a pretty accessible streaming because I've, I've thought about watching it a bunch, and then I finally buckled down and listened to it. I'm like, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna wait till I'm done listening to this to see how the movie works out. But yeah, that's. I yeah, it, it's the, like the most commentary I have about. It's like, yeah, that looks rad. That looks like they're doing a good job. It looks like they're definitely gonna follow the. Um. They're definitely going to follow along with the, uh, the what'd you call it, with the book stuff, mm-hmm. as opposed to, I guess, what I may or may not be finding out about, uh, uh, excuse me, about Lynch's version. I will say that Timothy Chalamet, the the Peter Peter Atreus from the book, Timothy Chalamet definitely matches that sort of self serious, lithe, much younger looking person where, uh, like freaking. Kyle McLaughlin seems too old. Huh. Kyle McLaughlin, I think, but also I think Kyle McLaughlin is a guy who looked older than he was. Yeah, I think so. He always had that big jaw, and I think it made him look older. Maybe not necessarily bad casting, but I think Timothy Chalamet works out. The only other thing is, like, some of those, some of those, like, the, um, what is that character? Gurney Halleck, uh, who was pay- played by Patrick Stewart and is now played by uh, Thanos. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it, Thanos. Uh-huh, you came around. Nice. Shut up. But that kid, the, the funny thing, and this is this is a very Hollywood thing of like those characters. Uh, Frank Herbert spends a lot of time talking about those characters being dumpuses. Huh. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> Let's see who... I want to get to there. There was another character that I want to see if he he should be in here. Let's see his. Uh, can I? Yeah, Josh Brolin is Gurney Halleck. He's a little on the good looking side of that. Uh, where, where's the other guy? Yeah, Thufer Howitt, uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson. Thufer Howitt is someone that they definitely spent a ton of. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, Stephen McKinley Henderson. Uh, that fits. That super fits. Because <laughs> that guy, that guy is not what I would think of as conventionally handsome, and he does look a bit on the lumpy side. And that is something that they spend a lot of time talking about that character being a lump of a man. Huh. So. Good job, Stephen. And is also a good actor, <laughs> Stephen McKinley Henderson, Dennis Caleb McCoy. Uh, well, we're excited. So, hey, yeah, I'm super stoked. I am. I am super stoked to see Dune. Uh, I when they put out the teaser that kind of kind of got suppressed. I think at the end of it, it it made a point to say only in theaters. So I guess they're not going to do they're not going to do the day and date streaming on that, which is a bummer. Well, if it's coming uh, out next year, maybe they're thinking when is it coming out? Uh, let me see. Let me see here, because if it's next year, maybe I they're counting on they things were... being back to normal. No, it says it says twenty twenty. Huh. Uh, it says de- December 18th, so right. Oh, wow. I guess we'll see where things are at that point. I'm still I'm still not at a point. For me, I'm still not at a point that I would go to a theater. Really? I've, I've gone yeah. a few times. Uh, most of them require that you wear a mask unless you're eating popcorn, basically. Otherwise, you're supposed to have your mask on during the movie. So then they don't require a mask at all, really? <laughs> uh, I mean, you're also spread out. They only sell a certain amount of tickets. When I saw Tenet... Uh, there was a woman probably two or three rows behind me over, I mean, she was probably like 40 feet away from me, basically. Uh, 
but we were the only two people in the theater. So it's kind of a good time to go see movies because there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's just where I'm at. I'm still not going out to places, really. Yeah, I mean, I, me, I'm at comedy clubs and stuff like that, and people are wearing their masks. People have been pretty uh, decent about it, except a few drunk people. But what are you going to do? Well, you just I mean, stay that, away from them. That's not a that's not a 2020 thing. That's a <laughs> uh, that's a comedy club tradition. No, that's true. That's true. I almost got in a fight, but anyway. Have your oh, Travis, don't bury the lead. No, don't some dude. Away from some that. dude was drunk. It was at the Mark Norman shows, and he's yelling. They're kicking him out. He starts yelling at the bouncer. He goes in the bathroom, starts punching things. <laughs> so I was just, I was just following him. I never even said a word to him, uh, making sure he what was going to leave. Taking out your frustration. And then he noticed that I was following. <laughs> and he goes, "You follow me?" I'm like, "Yep, that's exactly like, what I'm doing." You follow me? And he's like, "Oh shit, I saw that video of you putting a guy in a headlock." <laughs> No, he got big with me. His friend pushed him away. So thankfully his friend was there. So I didn't have to break a little man. Anyway, uh, you were going to ask about shows. My headline shows. Awesome. Uh, Saturday night was sold out. COVID sold out. COVID sold out, which is basically 50% capacity. But was it it at Ogden? Yeah. Yeah, how do they do that? Because my memory of Ogden is the those seats are pretty tight. Yeah, they just put in half as many people, so everybody's spread out. Huh. So it works out. Uh, but yeah, first night probably three quarters full. Second night sold out. So pretty bummed about, or sorry, excited about that. Uh, my shows <laughs> were really fun. The crowds were great. Uh, so if you came to the shows, thank you very much. Uh, the shows themselves were good. And I was super happy with it. So, um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, just keep watching for me to, to be doing stuff. I'm hoping I'll have another headline thing set up here in a little bit. So we'll be talking about that when it happens. But overall, uh, if you can come to a comedy club, come to a comedy club. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, but people are hungry for it. Like, it, you know, like I said, just for me, I'm still holding the line on going, doing stuff. But God, I... You know, it, it, it's definitely a an odd feeling of it's been oh what let's see March, May, June, July. Yeah, it's going on six months that like I haven't been to a restaurant, I haven't gone to a movie theater, I haven't been to a concert. Uh, like my 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 uh, public public face is just basically grocery stores hmm. and work. So. Well, and work, yeah. That's a whole other, that's a whole other ordeal. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just like basically the only public space that's not enforced, so to speak. You know, not like I have to go to work, but uh, it's just I go to grocery stores. That's all I end up doing. Right. Well, since I was working through the whole thing, I guess I'm just not. I'm not as uh, affected, I guess, because it didn't. I, I kept working, so it didn't change my life all that much, which is yeah. interesting. But anyway, I, I think uh, like uh, restaurants are a pretty, pretty big one. Um, um, concerts is a like I, I really like going to concerts, and it, I, it, going to concerts is but at the same time like a small sacrifice and also a big sacrifice. It's a weird thing of like, 
it's not it's not hard to not go to concerts, especially because they're really they're just really not having them at all. Like uh, restaurants and movies, I could totally go do that if I was going to. But concerts, it's easier because they just don't really happen. But at the same time, right? It's been a long time, and I realized like oh, those were really a, a big. Those are really a big kind of, uh, you know, valve release kind of, you know, just go enjoy some live music and. Hey, life's still weird, Trav. So what are you going to do? Yeah, life is weird, but we keep living. So what do you, you know, just do the best you can. Whatever you feel is right is probably what you should be doing. Somebody else's right do. doesn't work for somebody else. It's a hard one to do. Yep. All right. Well, thanks if you came to my shows, though. I, I appreciate it. We all had fun. Nothing, nothing coming up in the in the uh, in the soon time to kind of plug away at. Oh uh, well, there's a October second and third. I'm opening or I'm featuring for Vicky Barbalack. so that'll be fun. She's gonna be at the Jordan Landing Wise Guys, and then hopefully, once things get back to normal, I was supposed to do a few gigs with her this year so hopefully that offer still stands on I'm, I'm sure it's fine yeah hey, <laughs> nothing's are, are changed are you at a point are you at a point at all that you can uh that you can start maybe thinking about travel and trav again uh not until there's something to travel to to be honest with you there's only a few clubs that are open a lot of them are starting to go out of business now um even the one in austin just went out of business yesterday cap city i yeah, I, I was seeing a little bit of that stuff today. Which is crazy to me because Joe Rogan's just moved down there, so you'd think the scene is going to become uh, even bigger down there because they're known for their comedy scene, but that's crazy. Does that Joe they Rogan would... do shows? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't done... He's done stand-up once since the pandemic started. He went and did uh, one club, and then he said he felt weird about it, so he hasn't done any more since. I just don't know how much his, you know, his podcast just takes up. It seems like his podcast is so huge that that would just take up all his time. No, he was still traveling. He sometimes he'll do clubs, sometimes he'll do theaters. And then he was doing a lot of stuff uh, last year with uh, Chappelle. So they were doing like arena arenas, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's still, he's still a comedian. It is funny because I keep hearing or I keep uh, seeing tweets from these comics in L.A. or um, in New York, and they're talking about how comedy's dead or comedy still isn't happening. And I'm like, uh, the rest of the country, we're still doing it. So apparently, that tells us what they think about everybody else in the rest of the country. That's what that's what I'm getting out of this. They don't much respect uh, the smaller scenes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> what? California pretending like uh, a lot. California pretending like anywhere but New York and maybe like Chicago exists. Like that doesn't sound like California to me. It is funny whenever somebody comes here and they're like, "This place is so great. Utah is so great. The people are so nice. It's so clean. It's so normal." <laughs> but as yeah. soon as they go back to LA or New York, it's just a flyover state again. Until the next day, time they come back. Yeah, it's probably like that. Well, I mean, there there are kind of two sides to that. Of like, it, like, it, like Utah. Hey, look, Utah is Mulan. It's just fine. <laughs> yeah, I think Utah's Mulan with a couple songs. Yeah, <laughs> it just a bit. It depends on what you're doing. Like, 
like especially traveling comics who come here like uh, Wise Guys is a great place mm-hmm. to spend a you know spend a couple nights to check things out. If you're traveling, if you have any affinity for outdoors, like Utah is a place you gotta hit. Right. I know the Sklar brother, uh, Randy Sklar, was just uh, in southern Utah with his family this week. He just kept posting oh, about yeah. how beautiful Utah is. Oh yeah, like if you had, like I said, like like uh, Zion and stuff like that. Like there, you can't really. It's stuff you can't really see anywhere else within reason. Right. But, uh, you know, you have that. And, you know, just Salt Lake. Salt Lake's fine for a couple of nights. Yeah. I think Salt Lake's fun. Uh, Way to go, Salt Lake. Hey, Salt Lake. Hey, this isn't a podcast about Salt Lake. <laughs> There's our, One of those already exists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout outs. Also, <laughs> sh- hey, look, Trav. Huh? If I may for a minute, shout out to my mom. Shout out my to mom Jake's has, mom. My mom has become a regular listener, and I. Oh really? I, I chat with her about our. Does show. She, she say, was, "Why uh, can't she, you say nice words like Travis?" <laughs> I, my, Travis, I'm going to tell you, my mom has known me my whole life. So uh-huh. She got she got a handle on. She taught you a couple of them, huh? <laughs> on how I going to be? But no, she uh, she watched Umbrella Academy and she was enjoying. Oh, it. nice our companion podcast for that. So shout out to my mom. I love you. Well, thanks for watching. My parents are in uh, Florida taking care of my grandmother. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, actually Travis's grandmother. Yeah. She had, she had a heart surgery done. So my parents flew there, uh, which normally they wouldn't have done in the pandemic, but it was kind of a super emergency. And now my grandma is in Vegas and my parents are heading home tomorrow. They've been gone for about, at least two weeks, probably over two weeks. It's been, it's been a while. They've been down there helping her. So, it's been a while. hopefully, my grandma starts feeling better, and my parents will be home soon. So that'll be cool. Speaking of, speaking a little bit in that room, you know what was crazy today? What? Uh, freaking uh, Lewis Black's mom is still alive and up oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Did you see that today? Uh, I've seen him post or tweet about his mom quite a bit. I didn't see that it was her birthday. And I just saw that uh, just an hour or two ago. Like, <laughs> you know, and saying he couldn't he couldn't go visit her because of COVID. But right. Just like, I don't know why that's true. Like, wow, Lewis Black. Like, if for some reason, I think it was like, wow, Lewis Black had a mom. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I bet she was like the the sweetest person ever, and then this baby's just yelling and complaining about things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh uh, God, what is that? Shoot, now I'm spacing on. Yeah, there, there are some, and, and I'm sure you get this, Travis. Like, there are some comedians that they have adopted personas that, uh, like, you can't, you, you can't imagine them ever being real people. Like Gilbert Gottfried or, uh, I can't remember. Oh, it was uh, Emo uh, Phillips. Gabe and, I watched, Gabe and I watched an Eddie Pepitone special. Oh, yeah. Recently. Eddie Pep- the, the concept that Eddie Pepitone is ever a real person, <laughs> which is great because the sort of the post credits is uh, his son is in the audience screaming at him. They have like a back and forth screaming <laughs> at each other. And his son, like Eddie, Eddie, also Eddie Pepitone has a very distinct look, mm-hmm. of just the kind of shape and thing he is. His son kind of, kind of looks maybe a little Seth Rogen-ish, but looks... Uh. 
but as he's shouting at him, has that same sort of cadence and tone as they're shouting back and forth at each other about <laughs> just like insulting each other back and forth about what a bad father he was. It's really funny. Like, you always pushed mom. You pushed her down the stairs and stuff like that. But again, same thing of like, you know, the the concept of Eddie Pepitone being a dad and a husband, like just, just doesn't like that. That can't happen. <laughs> It does seem yeah. weird. It does seem weird. Uh, Ron, the concept of, of uh, someone having to have a fight with Ron Funches. How do you, how do you have a fight? How how does Ron Funches get legitimately angry when he can only talk like Ron Funches? <laughs> no, he gets angry. Trust me, I know. I'm sure. Oh, I am. I am 100 percent sure. I just can't figure out how his voice changes into something that you can take seriously as being angry. Yeah, it's it is kind of just a pleasant uh it's a friendly voice. Let's put it that way. I will say the closest thing the closest thing I've got to it as King Shark, he screams at people a couple of times, but it's still funny. Hmm. So I don't know. What are you gonna Travis, what are you gonna do? Just hope you never know. That's all. Uh I guess I yeah, I guess I hope I never get to get to go through that. So. Alright. Well we should wrap this feller up. Alrighty, Rooney. Well, we already got through. Like, yeah, you know, you got you got your barbelag dates coming up, but not not necessarily anything to plug. Yes. Uh, I, no I mean, so. pretty much every week for the most part, I'm doing set somewhere in in Utah. So just keep, keep watching for those. For I usually post about it. It's at one of the clubs. Travis, where can people find you? Uh, at Travis Tate Funny on all the social media stuff. Follow right, me. Well, if- if you want to get at the both of us, uh, later to the tater at gmail.com is the email you can get us at. We would genuinely appreciate it. If you're, if you're having a good time, subscribe to our podcast. Give us, a, give us that five-star rating. Write us a one-sentence review. Gives us that visibility, specifically on Apple, Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind. If you just let, listen at all, that makes us happy enough. Uh, if you would tell a friend, it's another way to get the word out there. We're, ju- we're, just, uh, we're just a couple of blue-collar guys trying to trying to have people want to hear what we're doing indeed give us your feedback just just be excellent to each other <laughs> nice i like it so uh uh blue wave theory is the uh party on ish music that we've been using since day one they're great people thank you for the usage that's right thank you very much any anything else you'd like to say as we close things up nope everything has been said i'm all out of words all right well for for people out there who have sank my battleship this has been late to the party with travis tate i'm jake and i'm travis tate and better tate than never